Okay, great. Good morning. So uh, here at Vintage, we have a number of key values, and one of our key values is that we long to be a church of word and spirit. And what we mean by being a church of word and spirit is we mean that we long to be a church that centers its life around the Bible, that we believe in the pages of Scripture. We have not just everything we need by instructions, but we actually have everything we need for human flourishing to be alive. And when we read the Bible in the power of the Holy Spirit, actually this is what we need to find out how to be a human being um, on planet Earth. And because we have such a high value in Scripture, we believe that that The word of God goes from our head, it goes through our heart, it goes out into every single different part of our lives, whether that might be, as we've been discussing over the last week, how we think about disagreements, how we think about relationships, how we think about sex, how we think about the world of work, how we think about issues like race. All of those things find their center point and their instructions in the Bible. And over the next three weeks, we're going to finish off this series that we've been going through, uh, Rubber Hitting the Road, by looking at three really challenging areas, two of which, if I'm really honest with you, I have not been brave enough to even talk about yet at Vintage, even though we've been going on a year. And the reason that I've not been brave enough to talk about them is because, actually, these are areas which are extremely clear in Scripture, they are absolutely biblically mandated, but they're areas which, sadly, like here in the US, have become very divisive issues. They've become issues that have become very political. They've become the domain of one political party and the other. And the reason I've been nervous to talk about them, because I know as as soon as I do, there is this danger that you might go, oh, he's that kind of pastor, right? He is... He's on that side, which means that therefore he must agree with everything that's on that side, or in three weeks' time you might find that I'm going to talk about something that's completely on the other side, and you're therefore going to go, oh, he's that kind of pastor. Um, and here at Vintage, I feel very strongly, it's been prophesied over me a number of times since I've been here, that you know my role is to be a little bit stepped back from the US political world. Um, I, as you can tell by my accent, if, by my accent, if you're new, I don't, I don't come originally from the US. And also here at, here, in the, here at Vintage, we're very passionate that we don't tell you who to vote for. We don't tell you you should be this or you should be that. Um, but we always seek to unpack the Bible together. And so I just really want to ask your grace, I guess, these next three weeks. Um, just if you find yourself going, oh, Vintage is that kind of church, please don't. Please only ask the question, is this biblical? Does this come from the Holy Spirit? What is God wanting to say to us? Is that Okay. I hope so. Okay, that's what we're going to try. So next three weeks, we're going to talk about today, creation and the environment. Next week, we're going to talk about money and investments. And the third week, we are going to talk about the world of life and death, including huge words like abortion and all sorts of other things like that. So that's where we're going. And I hope that it's going to be encouragement um, and, and a blessing to us. So today, what does a plastic bottle have to do with the Bible? Or better still, what does the Bible have to do, if anything at all with words like recycling, creation care, pollution, all those things. Does God care anything at all about how we live on this thing that we call earth today? Now, a second bit of full disclosure for you. Uh, I am an absolute nuts car guy. Uh, I spent my day off yesterday with my son William and with Bob, who's here somewhere, uh, traipsing across LA to find a piece of junk old car to buy to 
to bring back so that we can restore it. Uh, my parents will happily tell you that when I was two years old, I could identify pretty much any car on the road by its wheels because it was the only part of the car that I was big enough to see from my stroller. Uh, when I left college, I started up my own car business because I was such a kind of car guy. And then I went on to run like a shipping, logistics, transport, storage business. I think by the time I was 30 years old, I probably had the carbon footprint of a small developing nation. Like, it, was, it was like that. And if someone had said, it, but hey, Ben, how do, you, how do you feel about God and how do you feel about you know, the environment, all these kind of things, I think I'd have probably said this, like, I believe passionately that God is good. I believe passionately that we are called to have relationship with him above everything else. And uh, if someone had said, oh yeah, but what about the world? I'd have gone, oh, well, it's a bit broken and it's going to be fixed one day when Jesus returns and that's not really very important. That's probably what I'd have said to you. But over the last 10 years, I feel like I've been on a really interesting adventure with, with Laura. As I started to study theology, as I started to read, as I started to pray, I've come to the conclusion that actually there's so much more to the human story than just you know, one day going to heaven. That there is something about this world that really matters, that is part of who we are called to be. Um, and so you know, today what I want to do is I want to show you that the world plays a really important part in the theological makeup, um, that it's part of God's plans, that he loves the world and all that's within it, that he's given it to us to steward, that it plays a role in our mission, in our worship, in our purpose. And therefore, actually, because of that, we need to take really seriously what it means to make choices and see ourselves as kingdom investors here on the planet. So, in order to get into it, we're going to start in the Bible, as we always do, and we are going to have our reading. I'm looking around for the person who's reading this morning. There he is, Bob, who's going to read for us at Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 31. So, let's get our reading. Hi, I'm Bob Niemeyer, and I'll be reading Genesis 1, 26 through 31. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground. Everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food and it was so. God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Bob, did you put sound effects in that video deliberately? That's amazing. I think you deserve a round, a round of applause for sound effects on the weekly. Okay, let's pray together. <laughs> Father, we thank you so much that you love us. We thank you so much for creating us and creating this beautiful world. And we pray this morning that you would open up our hearts to hear from you. And uh, whatever is of you, whatever is of Scripture for us, would you speak into our hearts? Whatever is not of Scripture, whatever is not from you, would it just blow away in the wind? But may we hear you. And as we meet this morning, Lord, we also recognize that millions and billions of people will meet around the world in different situations. And so we're mindful and we pray for our other brothers and sisters all over the world who uh, are meeting together today. And we pray your blessing on them. 
We pray your blessing on our government as it has to make very complicated decisions at this time, many decisions which directly impact how churches are going to operate in the future. So we ask for your Holy Spirit to be in those situations as well, even as we talk today. Amen. So I think if you, uh, if you, uh, when I was growing up, uh, people told me the creation story basically went along the lines of this. Uh, in the beginning, God made the world. He made planets and stars and all sorts of stuff like that. And then into the middle of the creation, God put human beings. And he went, human beings are absolutely awesome. Like, they are the cool thing. And he said to human beings, you can just eat everything else. Right? That seemed to be how, God, uh, how I was told the creation story. But in fact, if you look at, at Genesis chapter 1, you actually read a slightly different version of how God designed creation. If you look in Genesis 1, 31, God saw all the things that he had made, and it was very good. You know, God stood back at the end of the creation story. He looked at the mountains and the stars, and he looked at the rivers and the lakes, and he looked at the dinosaurs and the spiders and everything else. And he looked back and he went, wow, like that is absolutely fantastic. That is beautiful. And not just in the individual component parts, but like God in the ecosystems, God in the environmental structures went, this is absolutely incredible. I can imagine, you know, God standing next to the Holy Spirit and going, hey, guys, isn't this isn't this amazing? Like, isn't this fantastic? You know, my house went absolutely fantastic. And the Bible reminds us over and over again, even as you, you go through the pages past the fall, when the world gets inherently broken, when there is this structural fragility and things enter in which are not of God, the Bible reminds us over and over again that the Bible is, that the world is God's good possession, and he loves it, and he cares for it. If you look in uh, Psalm 24, then Psalm 89, and even again in 1 Corinthians 10, you read this. The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Just notice those words, like the everything and the all, not just the human beings, but the whole thing is God's beautiful mosaic of creation. And because God loves it so much, like he remains involved in the creation story even after the fall. If you go to Psalm 65, you read words like this. You, God, care for the land and you water it. You enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide people with grain. You drench its furrows. You soften, uh, you soften it with showers. You know, the valleys are, ma- are mantled with grain. They shout for joy um, and they sing. The very environment, the very structures of wind and seasons and the turning of the planet, like this is all part of God's amazing plan. And because it's part of God's amazing plan, actually he decides very early on in the creation story to put somebody in charge of the world to care for it. Um, I don't know if you've ever asked this question, like why, why are we here? Right? It's like, like the ultimate existential question on a bad day. Why am I, like, why am I here? Now, I hope, like, if you are a Christian today, you would include in your answer something like, like, I'm here to have a relationship with God. Like, I'm here because Jesus wants to be in relationship with me. But have you ever asked the question, but why am I, like, here? Like, why am I on this very earthy, very rocky planet? Why am I in this place? Well, we find the answer actually three times in Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2. So Genesis 1:26 says this, Let's make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, and all the wild animals on the earth. Now, there's two really important things in that verse. One is, 
actually human beings do have a special place in the creation story. That they do have an elevated place in the story. Like, believe it or not, the person next to you is not just an evolved ape. Like, there is something, you're not even laughing, it's like, obviously, it's fine. There, there is something special, because we are made in the image of God, which means we have a unique ability to relate to the creator of the universe. But also, that makes us this kind of big brother to the rest of the creation story and gives us the responsibility, you know, of the word, to reign over. Now, to reign over is not synonymous with eat or destroy. To reign over is to steward, it's to manage, it's to look after the very things that God has created. So that it's very clear, the Bible then goes on in verse, just two verses later, verse 28. God says, fill the earth, which is about sex, and govern it. Look after it, care for it. Just in case that's not very clear, you go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, and it says, the, God, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden. Why? To work it and to take care of it. Like This is at the very heart of who we were created to be as human beings, is that actually we were created to be stewards of the created order. You, know, you and I were originally designed to be farmers. We were designed 